Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. All of a sudden it goes away and you're like, whoa. Okay, now what? If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show, Don't Keep Your Day Job. My name is Kathy Heller, and I'm a singer-songwriter. I make a living doing what I love, and I want that for you. This is the show that's going to help you do that and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies. This is going to help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. Also, I want to say a big thank you to Latote. Get started for as low as $39 a month and enter promo code DREAMJOB to get 50% off your first month. That's latote.com and promo code DREAMJOB for 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Guys, we have a really big treat for you today. Bobby Brown is here. Bobby Brown, that is no small thing. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is synonymous with makeup, but also with helping people feel good from the inside out. And she actually has a new book called Beauty from the Inside Out, but her makeup is all about accentuating and enhancing um, what a person already is instead of covering something up or making them something that they're not. Every department store you go in, every time you're thinking about makeup, you will come across Bobby Brown. It's one of the most amazing empires that has to do with making women feel good about who they are and feeling good in their skin. What I love about Bobby Brown makeup isn't just that it's the most beautiful, natural, um, wonderful colors. I love that it really feels that she wants to help you feel good about what you are and who you are. There's some Something about Bobby Brown that makes every girl feel good. Every girl, every woman feels alive. It's a reminder that we're already beautiful and we don't actually need the makeup to make us look different. The makeup just enhances what we already are and it just shines a light on the beauty that every woman has. And so Bobby Brown has created an amazing empire and it's amazing that she's here today to tell us that story. And I can't wait to hear because I know that it wasn't as if she was given any sort of handout. She did this on her own and she was able to to also be a great mom. She has three sons and she's been married a long time and all of those things are also huge, huge um, achievements, especially when you've created a billion dollar business. So I cannot wait to dive into that. Before we get started, I want to say a lot of people have been asking me questions and I love this. I'm here to help you. I'm going to try to answer some questions on every episode. So if you want to email me um, and tell me what you're up to or you want to let me know via our Facebook group or our Facebook page, let us know what you're working on. Let us know what the hurdles are and I want to be here to help support you. So you can email me at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com or you can post it in our Facebook group at Don't Keep Your Day Job on Facebook. You can find us one way or the other. One of the questions that keeps coming up is people keep asking me, what do they do when they don't feel like they have enough time? And I understand that people's lives are full. I really do get that. I have three little kids under the age of five and a half. I have lots of different projects that I'm working on at all times. 
and I get it, but I will tell you this. I feel like early on in my life, I saw so many people suffering and I saw lots of people who I felt were not really living while they were here. And it's important to make the most of our time. Um, Amy Krauss Rosenthal, you guys should Google her. She has this amazing series of videos. She's an author. She actually passed away a couple years ago and she's actually done two TED Talks. She's an amazing light in this world and her legacy lives on even though she passed away at a young age. But even before she passed away, one of the things that she would talk about in her Beckoning of Lovely, if you guys have 10 minutes and you want to be inspired almost immediately, check out the Beckoning of Lovely. And um, her name is Amy Krauss Rosenthal. You can Google it, put it on YouTube. You'll be very inspired. But she has all of these amazing things to say. And at the very, very end, what she says, her final statement, and this is before she even knew she was sick. This is before she knew she was going to die young. She says, make the most of your time. And I really feel like we have to prioritize and we need to remember that what we love, it's essential. And I feel like the question that a lot of people are always asking is, you know, how am I going to be able to make money or what needs to be done for everybody else around me? But we've got to be happy. We've got to be fulfilled. We've got to make the most of our time. So I encourage you to find the way. And if you really want to do something, you will figure out a way to do it. Maybe it means that you have to wake up earlier every day. And you know, I sleep very little these days and it's amazing how your body adjusts to that. And it's amazing how when you're excited about something, you spring out of bed. And the more that you listen to these episodes and the more that you hear the reality of how so many people have really made beautiful lives for themselves doing what it is that they love and they've been able to make a living doing that, but they're so happy because they're getting to express themselves. The more you hear that, the more it becomes tangible and you start to glimpse for yourself that that can be a possibility for you you're gonna wake up every day and you can wake up earlier every day if you need to you can wake up three days that are earlier you could you could go to bed a little bit later you could also remember that when we were growing up there was a thing called recess and maybe you make time for that maybe you try to put that in every single day if you can for 30 minutes if you started to think about it there's probably so many things that you could cut out whether it's searching the internet or being on Facebook all the time or whether it's watching a certain show maybe there's certain things that we need to cut down on and if we want to be a better wife or mother or father or sister or brother or friend or community person I think that our our job is to be fulfilled and happy so that that starts to just exude from from ourselves and everybody around us just feels good being around us so let's try to carve out that time I know that it seems impossible but it's about being resourceful and it's about working smart and it's about prioritizing and it's about really looking at your life and saying there are no excuses and we live the lives that we're willing to tolerate so some people are saying they're willing to continue to tolerate a life that's not fulfilling or a life that's partially fulfilling but there's something inside they're dying to get to they're dying to express Let's decide today. Let's decide today. We're not going to tolerate having that excuse anymore where we say we just don't have the time. We're just too busy. If we really, really want to make the time, we will. And I've seen that in my own life when things come up. You know, I remember when I was planning my wedding and how much time that took. And then when I um, was finished planning the wedding, I thought, oh, my God, where did I have all that extra time to plan the wedding? Or when I had one baby or then a second baby or then a third baby and you realize you can make the time. It's it's not easy, but it can be done. And then they always say, you know, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Because once somebody is busy, what's helpful actually about being busy is that you learn to make the most of your time and you learn to prioritize things and you actually have to carve out time for things as opposed to just letting the day get a hold of us and letting the day run away before we can actually decide what do we want to make happen today. So why don't we try to wake up excited and think about what do you really want? What's the best thing that could happen for 
for you. And try to dream about that every day. Ask yourself, what could I be working on today? What would I do every day if I wasn't getting paid? I just could spend hours and hours. What's that thing you'd want to be doing? Make time for that. You don't want to get to be 85 or 90 and look back on your life and say, oh my gosh, you know, I I lived all these years, but I didn't really live. I didn't really go to the symphony. I didn't really do the things I wanted to do. The time is now and we need to get serious about enjoying it and making celebration of our life and our time a priority. All right, before we start, I want to thank Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is amazing. I actually use it with my team multiple times a day. Slack connects the tools and services you need like real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives. And Slack works everywhere you go with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly. You can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. I think you guys are going to love the fact that you can have different conversations and put them in different threads so you can find them really easily. It's convenient. It works with over 900 apps and the ones you already use like Dropbox, Google Drive. Go try it out. You're going to love it. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. That's slack.com. Also, I want to say a big thank you to Latote. I love Latote. It is so much fun. You guys have to start using this. It's awesome. Every single month, you can get unlimited boxes. You can try stuff. You can go and customize what it is you want. You go onto their website and you give them information about what kinds of things you like and you can start to choose things and you can customize the boxes that will be sent to you. And then when you don't want something, you can return it. They give you a um, postage page envelope so that you can just send it right back without any hassle. And then you get to do it again and again and again as many times as you want in the month. I love getting new earrings. I love getting a new jacket. I love getting a new dress. It's so, so fun. You can check it out at latote.com. That's L-E-T-O-T-E.com to get started for as low as $39 a month and enter promo code dreamjob to get 50% off your first month. I hate when I go shopping and I end up buying something hideous just because I didn't have time to try it on or because I was feeling pressured by a salesperson and I come home and I'm like, okay, that was $175 down the drain or this doesn't exactly fit me and that happens a lot because I'm usually with my kids and I'm trying to go quickly and I wish that I had time sometimes just to try things on and to sit with it and then if I didn't like it, I could return it. So with Latote, you get to try stuff and then you can just send it right back no questions asked Um, and if you want to keep it obviously you can keep it but you can just keep trying stuff on month after month you'll find great designer brands like bcbg and nike rebecca minkoff and more there's something for everyone so i think you guys should try it get started for as low as 39 dollars a month and enter promo code dreamjob to get 50 percent off your first month that's latote.com and promo code dreamjob for 50 percent off your first month and by the way not only is this going to be fun for you to play with But when you support our sponsors, you are, in fact, also really supporting us. So we really, really thank you and appreciate it. It is definitely win-win. So thank you, guys. And I've been told from our sponsors that our show is really rallying behind us and supporting our sponsors, which means the world to me. And I do not take that for granted. So thank you so much for doing that. If you are not inspired week in and week out by the guests on this show and how no matter what they love to do, whether it's painting or writing or baking, they have been able to follow their bliss. Your bliss knows the way. It will not lead you astray. And remember that happiness, you know, there's been so many books out lately about happiness and people are talking, you know, for the last several years, what is happiness and how do you be happier? And The question isn't, you know, about money. Money comes from the happiness. And the truth is the people who are truly rich are the people who are fulfilled, the people who feel expressed. Um, So wouldn't that be amazing if we can all start to carve out time to do what we love? And by golly, it just seems to me week after week as I talk to these amazing souls on our show that we are all put here for a reason. And when you give credence to that and you walk toward it, 
it's amazing how you will not only make a living, but you could make an extraordinary living doing the thing that never feels like a job, that never feels like work, the thing that you could do for hours and hours and hours on end, and you just feel like you come alive. Okay, so Bobby Brown, what a privilege. I mean, seriously, what an honor to talk to you. Take us back. Where does this begin? Take us back to when you're a little girl. Did you have a love of makeup? What was going on then? Where does this begin? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago to really young parents, it turns out, 20 and 21. Wow. And so when I was growing up, I used to watch my mom, who was, you know, 22, 23, 24, 25, put her makeup on. And she was the most gorgeous, glamorous woman. And I was just in awe how she would transform herself. And, you know, for a visual, it was the era of Jackie Kennedy. And so yeah. she did the pale lips and the black liner and she was amazing and so I used to watch her and then I would play with her makeup and clearly I did not look like her and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do the same on myself but I was pretty much in awe of what she did on herself. Wow so as a little girl you already felt this draw to loving makeup playing with makeup so what happens next are you doing creative stuff as a kid were you in art class were you drawn to doing creative projects? Well, I'm, I'm definitely someone that always liked projects. I, I was always, I was not, I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't sing, but mm. I love doing projects. So whether it was, you know, building some kind of a three-dimensional house or, you know, I always made up things and I, you know, would just put things together with different colors and different shapes and doing projects. I got, I got involved in photography. So anything I could do that didn't require really a skill like singing dancing or painting <laughs> uh, you know I did but also then in middle school I started to actually use makeup just to make me look better and I remember going to from Chicago going to Florida for the vacations and it was yeah. a really big competition who got tanner we didn't know that uh, getting tan at the time wasn't like really right. a good thing to do right. so I would use my mother's makeup to make me look really tan but I didn't want anyone to know I was wearing makeup. So that so, was yeah. when I kind of started, <laughs> you know, playing with makeup. So when you were in high school, were you thinking in your wildest dreams that this would ever be a job? This would be your career? No. In high school, I never thought about my passion. I never thought about my dreams. I never thought about my career. The only thing I really thought about was my friends. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. very, very social. I was not, you know, wasn't interested in what I was, was not interested in. But right. if there was a class where I could use my creativity, I got really into it, you know, so it, really de it depends what it was. So I never really thought that I would have a career. I always thought maybe I would be a teacher. I thought maybe I would, you know, certainly I always wanted to be a mother. So, oh, um, so I sweet. definitely, I achieved both of those things, by the way. <laughs> My first college, I somehow managed to get all of my credits in, and I graduated high school in three and a half years. Don't ask me how or why, but I did. Wow. And I followed my boyfriend, who was a year older to, than me, to a school he was going to, which was University of Wisconsin at Oshkosh. Okay. So it was an interesting six months, but there was no way I was staying in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Right. Right. So we all transferred to University of Arizona, all my friends, and we were there for a year. I don't remember much except how much fun it was. Right. And I came home after the summer and announced to my mom I wanted to drop out, where she said, you can't. And I said, but mom, I don't like school. It's really boring. And she said, pretend 
today's your birthday. You could do anything you want in the world. What would you want to do? And I had no idea. And then I thought about it. I said, I'd love to go to the department store and play with makeup. She said, well, that's what you should do. I said, I don't want to go to beauty huh. school. She said, I'm sure there's a college somewhere where you can study makeup. And somehow a friend of my dad's told me about Emerson. I flew up, I met them, and I literally went to Emerson on Monday. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that they had any kind of makeup program. Tell us about that. Well, they didn't. The interesting thing, and I always say, what I learned at Emerson is not just makeup. What I learned at Emerson was how to be an entrepreneur. They just didn't call it that. So okay. they, had a, they had a degree called um, interdisciplinary yeah, major. Yeah. I didn't know what that was, but they said... I said, can I do this? And they said, sure. I think they really needed students back then. <laughs> so okay. I, I, I mean, this is the truth. So I designed my own major in, with makeup, with a minor in photography. And honestly, when I went to Emerson is when I found myself because the whole school was filled with super creative, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of nerds. And I found my people. Yep, yep. So what happens after that? You graduate. What's your first job? I graduate, and my first job is probably the most important. I was a waitress. <laughs> wow. And the reason it's important is two things. One is I knew I could pay my rent. And the mm -hmm. second thing is I really think anyone that's allowed to eat in a restaurant should have experience <laughs> waiting on tables because it's a really hard job. Yes, it is. And yes. did, you ever, did you ever do it? No, but there's my, my parents used to go to the Catskills growing up, and the joke was the waiter would say, is anything okay? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's always a complaint. Yeah, it's always something. And, you know, I wasn't a great waitress, but I, I did it for a year and that was great. Right. So then what happens? What's the next job? So then I realized that I needed to move to New York because there was not a whole lot of opportunity for a makeup artist in Boston. So my boyfriend at the time and I moved to New York, got a very small apartment, and I didn't know a soul. I was kind of had a portfolio, but it was things that I had done in, in Boston, not particularly mm -hmm. amazing. And then I said, all right, what am I going to do now? So what did I do? It was before Google. I opened up the yellow pages and Gosh. I looked up makeup and models and modeling agencies, makeup artist union. And I just started calling and going to see people and quickly they explained what the business was about. And that's how I learned. Wow, that, that's extremely resourceful. So you're yeah. picking up the yellow pages and you're literally cold calling people. Yes. And who are you asking to speak to? Like a hiring manager? Well, it, de well it depends. I called the Makeup Artist Union and I right. asked to make an appointment and they said, okay, it was probably some secretary. And I made an appointment. I went in to see the head of the union. I still remember his name is Ed Callahan. I don't know why. He was a very large man and I had my portfolio. <laughs> and I really thought that I was going to show up and they're going to hand me a union card. <laughs> All right, you're in the union. And right. I said, I'm here. And he said, I'd right, sit down. He said, this is the situation. You either have to know someone, be born into it, or it takes about seven years apprenticing. <laughs> so I said, okay, that's not going to work. Thanked him and I left. And then I went to see a modeling agency that had a new board, um, like new models board, and they basically said, we can send you out on jobs that you won't get paid, but you'll do makeup, and they'll give you, at the time it was slides, to build your portfolio. So I, now I know it's called networking. So uh -huh. I, started, I started doing that, 
And then one day I was reading a magazine about a makeup artist who was a freelance makeup artist named Bonnie Maller, and she had the coolest job in the world. She was doing makeup for all the fashion shows. She did makeup for all of Bruce Weber's shoots, for covers of magazines. And so what did I do? I looked her up in the yellow pages, or probably 411. And I called her up. Wow. Um, she was not. She was not home. I think it was being completely naive, because oh. I just, you know, I just did it. I don't know where I, right. where, why. I wasn't confidence. Trust me, it was okay. probably stupidity, <laughs> naivete. But I called her up. She never called me back. But on her answering machine, it said, "I might be traveling. So if this is about work, call my agent Brian Bantry." So I scribbled his number down and I called oh my him. God. I said, "I got your number off Bonnie Maller's." machine and I'd love to come in and show you my book. He said, sure, come in Tuesday. I went in Tuesday or whatever day it was and he said, okay, kid, <laughs> um, you have, you're really nice, but your portfolio is quite not there yet, but here's how it works and this is what I'm going to do. I can't represent you, but I will call you to assist my makeup artist and when people are sick, I will give you jobs and that's how I started. Wow. So I had him, but I also, every Monday, I would spend on the phone making appointments for my date book, which, by the way, I still own all my date books. So Mm -hmm. I would write in who I was going to see, you know, so I would call Glamour Magazine, because I'll look up in the masthead, and it'll say, you know, model booker or art director, whoever it is, I would call up, I'd find out who to talk to, and I would say, when can I come in for a go-see? And I just made appointments. And it took a while, but if I had, if I had appointments to go see people, then I felt that I was doing something. So I didn't have money, but at least I was doing something. And it took a while, but I finally got my first job, which was uh, Glamour Magazine hired me to do a dancer, and it was like 15 pictures on a page. I had a, the photographer was a woman who turned out to be a huge photographer, Brigitte Lancôme. And I did the hair, the makeup, her feet, and that was my first editorial job. What year is that? Uh, that must have been 83. So, yeah, I graduated in 79. So no, it was 81. Okay. And then I just continued to do that exact thing. And, you know, people, it led to other things. People called me. I started freelancing for different magazines, started doing catalogs, which paid more. And it actually took me seven years, but I got a big six-page spread in Vogue uh, Beauty, which was a huge thing, and I got a Vogue cover. Wow. Wow. So, and that brought me up to 1989. Wow. So, yeah. what happens after that? Because we know where this leads. So, what yeah. happens well, next? Well, <laughs> 1988, I met this amazing man, um, and who is now my husband. And I decided we get engaged, we get married, and I realized I didn't really want to travel anymore. And so much of being yes. a freelance makeup artist is being on location. Right. And I could just, I missed him. I, you know, I also got pregnant and I certainly didn't want to leave, you know, right. being pregnant or my kid. And I moved out of the city into the suburbs with my husband and my baby. I just didn't want to, you know, be this makeup artist that was, you know, at call with her, with her kid. So I started doing more, you know, catalog work, which was paid the bills, but it wasn't that exciting. And one day I got an idea about this lipstick and I was doing a shoot. I was actually pregnant 
I was doing a shoot with Self Magazine, and we were, did a story on, you know, my favorite places to makeup shop alternatively out of the department store. So I was the expert, and I was in it. And one of the places was Kiehl's, which was an indie place then downtown. And I was there, and I met the chemist that worked there. And I told him about this lipstick I want to make. He said, I could make it for you. Wow. Now, why did you want to make a lipstick at that point? So what happened was, being a makeup artist at the time, the makeup was very artificial, but it didn't make sense I to see. me to change the color of a girl's skin with makeup. That didn't make any sense to me, but I couldn't find makeup that matched her skin. I couldn't find lipstick that looked like girls' lips. Like, mm-hmm. I happen to love the way girls' lips look, yeah. and if you put some weird color on it, then you don't see the lips. So... I used to mix and blend so I could make the girls look natural. Yeah. It was just my naive, organic thing. It wasn't anything. It wasn't rebellion. It was just what I felt was right. Wow. So So. then, so he makes this lipstick for you? That's the first step? He makes the lipstick, and I thought, wow, I could probably sell this. And then I thought everyone would love this. And then I realized not everyone likes, you know, nude-colored lips. And by the way, not everyone has the same color lips. So I created these 10 colors. My initial concept was that a woman could buy any of these colors, either her lip color or the perfect red, pink, or orange, and she could mix and blend to get any color that was wearable and beautiful. And I thought, let me just sell them out of my house to friends and models, and that's how I started. Okay, so that's amazing. It's hard to believe there was a time where this wasn't a thing because you've definitely... It wasn't a thing. It's amazing. Okay, because that's <laughs> all I wear. How old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so, you know, back... I'm 60. So back when, you know, when I was 30, you know, none of this existed. There was yeah. no, you know, foundation oh, so... was pink and lipstick was whatever. So I love I that mean... intuitively you wanted women to look like themselves because... Yes. Nobody was thinking like that. That's Well, it wasn't even thinking. I just, you know, when I was done making someone up, I was like, ooh, that just, I wanted the girl to look as good when she walked right. out the door as when she did right. on, on the set. And I started working with photographers and fashion designers who liked my aesthetics. So that worked. So you start selling these lipsticks out of your house to your friends, to right. people you know, yep. and then what happened next? Right. And then one day I was at a party in the city of, you know, in New York. And, you know, I lived in the suburbs and, you know, going to New York was, you know, most of my friends were, were still in the city, but I went to this one person's house, very, I remember it was a fancy party. And the woman, I thanked her for inviting us. And I said, what do you do? And she said, I'm a cosmetics buyer at Bergdorf. I said, oh, I have oh this gosh. new line. <laughs> I, oh, I'm working on these lipsticks. I'd love to tell you about them. So I showed them to her. I told her and they took the line. <laughs> So the wow. point is, I pitched her right then and there. So they thought it was interesting, and they took us, and they put us on a table on the floor, and it became very popular very quickly. Now, now wow. I know it's now I know I was one of the first indie beauty companies, but we didn't have that. We didn't have those names back then. So how how soon after that did you start developing other things besides lipstick? Well, people started saying, oh my God, I love these lipsticks, but I need a lip pencil. I said, all right. So I called up the lab because I also had now a real lab to make the lipsticks because my chemist that was making them out of his home couldn't keep up with it. So I had to to recreate the formula, which I did. And then I called the lab and said, I need pencils. And they sent me all their different formulas. And I said, oh my God, this one's the best. 
and these are the colors I want, and I introduced pencils. And then I said, oh, let me do blushes. Oh, now it's time for eyeshadow. So, you know, it was uh, pretty crazy. And it took about four years. Um, and in four years, we were not only the number one line at Bergdorf. I didn't even have foundations, I believe, to, you know, at the time. And we were in Neiman Marcus because they were cousins and one or two stores overseas. And I got a call from Estee Lauder to buy us. And I sold. We sold. Right. Wow. What, what else happens after that? Because we know that it becomes, right. you know, the biggest, best thing around. Well, right. Well, it was really different. It was a point of difference. It was incredibly good quality. And at the same time, I, you know, had my second child. And I started, you know, to be, you know, almost on call from magazine editors wanting to interview me. So I was becoming a beauty, um, you know, expert as well as just a makeup artist. And I got on the Today Show, I got on Oprah, and all those things really helped grow the business. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah. And, and, and what, was, what was it feeling like to be you at that time, <laughs> seeing your dream come to life? It was feeling like incredibly overwhelmed. I mean, wow. you can imagine, I was yeah. commuting, I was creating products, I was dealing with, you know, people that were not exactly like me, you know, I called the corporation people, yeah. the, I was dealing with, you know, magazines, I was dealing with cool hip photographers. I was dealing with my kids pre-K school. I was it's dealing with all, it's a lot, it was a lot. Yeah. you know, my husband was in law school. So, you know, I never, I never ever walked around saying, how great am I? How cool am I? I was just busy. I was busy. Yeah. I was just busy. I mean, you don't realize until you look back like, oh my God, look what I did. Oh my God, look what I did. So how long, how long was that run? It seems like it's, it was up until last October. Yes. Right. Well, I stayed and we sold the company and I stayed 21 years with, you know, the corporation. So the company was already from launch four years old when they bought us. But two years before that, I was selling out of my house. So theoretically, it's been 27 years. Amazing. And I left in October and it's quite incredibly amazing what happens when you change your life so suddenly what does that feel like why is it so extraordinary well it's extraordinary because you also don't realize who what you what you were doing and who you were and all of a sudden all those things go away you know whether it's the good the bad you know the stress the excitement yeah, all of it and all of a sudden it goes away and you're like whoa okay now what and I'm not someone that, you know, everyone's like, why don't you go on a beach? Why don't you travel? Why don't you go to yoga? I'm like, okay, I could do all those things, but I'm still going to create. And so I started a whole bunch of projects, and now I am in the middle of probably way too many. <laughs> I hired my first employee from the Apple store who's sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> and um, now we have four or five employees, and, you know, I'm a startup again. What do you want to do now? You've done it all. What do you want to do well, now? Well, I just launched my ninth book called Beauty from the Inside Out. Yeah, which I want to really, talk about that. Which really teaches women about it's not just about putting makeup on your face to make you look healthy. It's about actually being healthy. And it's always been part of what I believed in. So making sure that you, you know, eat the right food, drink enough water, have a yeah. little bit of balance in your life. Those kind of things. And it's, you know, for me, a great segue into talking and maybe creating products in the wellness arena. 
Oh, amazing. Interesting. So that's one. And I've also opened up a, a concept shop with Lord & Taylor, which is a lifestyle uh, shop which offers basically things I love. And it's anything from my favorite sneakers to jeans oh my God, to T-shirts to vitamins. That's to, amazing. Yeah. And so, and I hired this really cool girl that I met on Instagram who was a stylist. She's still a stylist. She did merchandising for J. Crew. And she's bringing me all these young, cool designers. So I'm getting to curate. So things, fun. Right? But that's the so word, fun. fun. Right now, everything has to be fun or I'm not doing right. it. Of course, because you've, you've done enough. You're right. exhausted. You're only right. going to do it if it's right. fun. It's fun and it's got to be creative because I'm a full-on creative person. You're such an inspiration, not just to any business person or any person with a dream, but especially to women, because you were able to not sacrifice one part of your life for the other. You were able to be a mom. That's an incredible. And it's not easy, by the way. I mean, nothing. And by the way, nothing is easy. Sometimes when I give these interviews, I make it sound like, oh, then I did this, and then I did Vogue, and then I did this. No, every day is like consumed with a to-do list with, you know, I am someone that care about the details. I am a perfectionist. I like things right. Right. Of course. Clearly. I mean, sure, you had several of these moments, probably hundreds of these moments. But mm-hmm. t- tell us, just put us like a bird's eye view, one of those highlights mm-hmm. in the in the prime of it all. Oh, my what God. There's, the... there's there's so many. I mean, I'm I, sure there are. I'm so sure there I'll are. give you I'll rattle off a bunch because I couldn't just pick one. So, okay, you know, doing Dr. Jill Biden's makeup for the both inaugurations, being in the motorcade. Wow. Really cool. Um, That's crazy. Certainly Bruce Weber did a film. Uh, what he called a love letter to me, and that was insane. Not only shooting it, but watching it in a you know in a place with all the editors and people surreal. that I know yeah, and totally surreal. surreal. And it's called the Wisecracking Beauty Queen. You could probably see it on YouTube, <laughs> and awesome. uh, kind of a funny thing. And you know, having celebration parties in all the embassies across the globe, really cool, and just so many things that honestly, in the moment. They're overwhelming. And, you know, now looking back, it's like, wow. What a ride. Yeah. And it's so only, it seems like it's, it's only just beginning again. I hope so. I plan on it. Yeah, I have no doubt. You're one of those people. <laughs> Whatever you touch turns to gold. So people who are listening to you right now are probably right. sitting on the edge of their seats. They would love to have right. even an ounce of the success that you've had. What advice do you have for people who are aspiring to do mm-hmm. something they love as a career? Well, you know, as you're talking about the importance of passion, you know, I also spend a, a fair amount of time talking to people in my circle or friends of friends that are starting businesses, especially women entrepreneurs. That's kind of my thing is yeah. helping them. And I sit there and I listen to them talking about what, what they want their company to be. And they're going to invest in this and go get a venture capital guy for this. And they're going right. to first round seating, second round. And, th- and I was like, whoa, 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 stop, <laughs> stop. First of all, do what you're doing because you love it and yes. you're passionate about it. Feel how lucky you are. Stop worrying about what it could be and just make it what it is. And just make sure you have figured out a way to make some money not spend a lot of money, sell the things, and, and make things that people really want. So yeah. that's my biggest advice is not thinking you can't do something because you don't have the money. You know, I started the first company. I never took a nickel from anyone. Oh, I love and, I, and I had I love no it. money. I, and, and we didn't even have Instagram back then. 
So, you know, yeah, now people are constantly saying they can't do something because they no. don't have the resources. They use that yes. as an excuse, you're saying. Yeah, there so is you, no excuse. There's no excuse for anything. By the way, you want to be f- more fit? Guess what? Put some sneakers on and walk. Like yeah. there's, don't be a victim. So if somebody says to you, I don't have the money, I want to do this. I'd love to do what you're doing, Bobby Brown, but I could never do it. I don't have the money. And you would say. Well, you have to start, first of all, with an idea. And it has to yeah. be a better idea than what's out there. Because people do come to me and say, I want to I want to have my own business. And I say, that's great. And then there's not a follow-up. <laughs> they don't know what they want to mm-hmm. do. It's like, guys. Right. right. You know, and it could be you love to walk dogs. You could make a business on dog walking. You love to clean out closets. You, you know, you want to make a you know, a pair of jeans that, I don't know, have diamonds in them. It could be anything you are passionate about. Right, because the passion will carry you is what it you're is saying. It is 100%. I want to talk about your book, Beauty from the Inside Out, which just came out this past April. Mm-hmm. What is the undercurrent for you? I mean, you you are such a standout in the sense, not only your work is stellar, but the way that you empower women, the way that you're always there to say, I'm not here to replace you. I'm here to highlight what you have. Right. I'm here to I'm here to showcase you actually, which is just so so the different, you know, path to most people when right. they're going to like put on makeup. They're thinking I want to change myself and you're saying no, I want to highlight what you actually are. Why is that so important to you and what do you want to say to women about what beauty they have inside themselves? Well, I I think that first of all, I know it sounds really funny, but my one of my new quotes, it's not about how you look, it's about how you feel you look. And I love think, that. But if you think about it, it's like we could look in the mirror 25 times and not feel good, or we could just feel that we look good, and then you do look good. Yeah, so that's, that's so you know, true. that's so important and I actually think that we can't look like each other. So we might as well just feel good in our own skin and be comfortable and be who you are. And honestly, the way I got to that is because, you know, I'm five foot tall. (laughs) I've always (laughs) been five foot tall. I've always had, you know, rather large chest. I'm never going to look like a skinny supermodel. Yeah. You know, and I realized that my ideal of what I wanted to look like growing up was actually, you know, like an Asian man. (laughs) And guess what? (laughs) That's not what I look like. Right. So I better be, you know, I better exercise and eat healthy and just find clothes that work on, for me and not compare myself. It's just so beautiful how you celebrate people for what they are, especially in the business you're in. But we don't have a choice, right? You have a choice. You could be happy, not happy. You could be positive or you could be negative. Everything is a choice. Yeah, it's true. So what do you feel like is one of the big takeaways from the book? I want people to come and buy it. Right. Well, I th- it's really inspiring. It's beautiful, you know, Instagram-worthy, photo- you know, aerial photography. It's what's, nice. What I really loved about the process of doing this book, you know, for two years I was the editor-in-chief at Yahoo Beauty, and I assembled my team. How did that, you do all of this? I don't, I don't even know. get it. I, I don't either. I don't oh either. God. Because you know One what? Of these I, things have been enough. Oh my God. No, because I'm. Because guess what? I'm really good with getting people around me. I can't actually do anything. I don't know how to type. <laughs> I don't so know funny. how. I, no, I don't know how to. You know, thank God I found word swag so I could make some. You know, some right. graphic things on my Instagram. Right. I right. don't know how to do these. I have. I hired this great intern, Nick who's helping me organize my photo library. So when I was at Yahoo, I hired this amazing team that I put together. So, uh, you know, I was there for two years. And when I wrote this book, I, I got the team back together from my writer to my photographer to the producer, everyone. 
And we looked at this book as not, I'm the health expert, because I'm not, but I am the curious editor-in-chief journalist. And so the book are things I wanted to learn. I have a lot of different doctors, a lot of experts giving their opinions, and I want people to use this book as a resource. I see. Oh, That's let me nice. try. Let me try that. Oh, you know what? Because you look at the book, it's so pretty. You're like, oh my god, oh my god. Then you close it. You go about your business. Then, you, oh my god, that recipe. Oh my god, I want to try that one thing someone did. So hopefully, it's something. It's like a dictionary of wellness. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's really nice. Yeah. So as we sum up, I have a couple of last questions. Mm-hmm. What was one of the best pieces of advice you were ever given? Well, it was early on, and it was Leonard Lauder who said, never ask for permission, but beg for forgiveness. Hmm. And so, how did you apply that? Uh, I just did what I thought was right and, you know, hopefully didn't get yelled at. <laughs> right. Go for it. You yeah, know, just be... go. Just do it. What's the worst that happens? You have to take down that post, you know, like do something. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. You have so much. I mean, so much about you is so extraordinary, so not the norm. I just feel like I'm I'm curious where where do you feel like all this comes from? Was there something in your childhood that you feel was a motivator for this? Is it helped you no. or is it just your character? Is it somebody that you were inspired by or is this just just well, this is you? A little I'm kind of a sponge and so little I'm very open and I like to learn. Um I'm little bits of people have, you know, made me who I am from my grandmother and grandfather to some early editors, certainly to my husband. You know, I am. I pick up things very easily, and I like to re. And I get bored really easily, so I like to recreate things and do different things. And I just also like bringing positivity to everything I do. Like I had a big sign in my office, which is probably in my basement, that says "Make it up," and that's what I do for a living. I just make it up. On our last episode, we had this woman who started Susie Cakes, which is like a bakery mm-hmm. franchise, and she said that her grandmother was a huge influence. And you just mentioned your grandmother and grandfather. Yeah, my grandmother. How, yeah. how are they an influence on you? Papa Sam came from Russia, and he didn't know anyone or have any money. And he um, started selling, you know, newspapers. And then he went to women's purses. And he ended up being this big entrepreneur in his own way. He had car dealerships. And I used to spend a lot of time at their house because I loved being with them. And I would help him stuff his marketing envelopes and stamp them. And I'd see him call some of his guys and send notes to them. And I guess he, I watched him, how he acted with people. So I learned a lot from him. Yeah, that's fascinating because he was an immigrant and he was a hustler. And, and right. you saw that it didn't matter if he didn't speak the language or go to college, he could just no. go for it. Uh, yeah, it didn't, ma- it, it didn't matter. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. What an absolute treat to talk to you. You're oh. You've just affected so many people in such an incredibly positive way. And who you are has just allowed so many people who you'll never meet to feel so much better about themselves because of you. Well, just Bobby Brown is my Instagram and I end up talking to a lot of people on there. So I I love to hear people's comments. I know there's just Bobby Brown. Brown. Yeah. Not Bobby Brown. That's the brand. Just Bobby Brown. Amazing. You are are a force. I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Los Los Angeles. Angeles. Okay. But you're with me every day. You're in my purse. You're in my car. You're in my bathroom. And I've always, before I even had a show, you were um, just always in the center of my world, very much an influence on and me and the way I looked at myself. I have freckles. And my first trip to the Bobby Brown counter was the first time somebody said, oh, we're not going to cover your freckles. 
And oh, I, I said, love oh, freckles. Every other counter, they would put so much foundation on me, you couldn't see them anymore. Right. And the girl like almost made me tear up. She goes, well, that's not what we're about. She's like, why would I, wa- I want to see them? Right. And that was such a shift for me. And that was like 10 Aww. years ago. Yeah. Aww. Yep. I'm well, I'm glad that my work has made a difference. Oh, honestly. and they're, and they're all, all of your artists are so um, aligned with you and wanted to be with you because of who you are. Right. Um, so thank you for being you and oh, for celebrating women in a world where women are constantly comparing themselves and wanting to be something they're not. You've really helped people oh. to be comfortable in their skin. And that takes a lot of courage. And thank oh. you for being on. I, when I first started the show, they said, who do you want to have on? And I made a really short list and you were at the top of the list. Oh, that's so nice. I really appreciate it. Well, you'll have to post your other ones on that list sometime. Okay. So thank you You're so much. Well, that was amazing to actually get a behind the scenes look at how you've created such an empire. Um, here are some of my takeaways. Number one, it's all about having fun. Number two, nothing comes easy. Number three, don't worry about what it could be. Just make it what it is. Number four, it all starts with an idea, but it's got to be better than what's already out there. Number five, there are no excuses. Do not make yourself a victim. Number six, stop comparing yourself. Number seven, never ask for permission, but beg for forgiveness. Number eight, be open to absorbing new information and stay curious. Thank you guys so much for listening to our show. Please subscribe if you haven't already and please tell your friends about it. The more you guys subscribe, the more you tell your friends, the more people are subscribing, the higher we will rise on the iTunes charts, which means more people will find out about us. So please continue to show us support by telling your friends about our show. You can follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller and kathy spelled with the C. Come to our Facebook page. I will continue to be here to cheer for you and to support you. If you have a question, I will start answering questions at the beginning of each episode. You can email me at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and tell me what you're working on. Tell me what hurdles you're going through. Tell me what stuff you're trying to brainstorm and maybe I can choose your question and I can talk about it on the beginning of next week's episode. So stay tuned. Email me your questions. Allow me to be here to support you. Use the time because I am here and I am truly concerned and happy to be here to help you figure this out because I know that what you have to do in this world is important. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So I want to help see you through this. I want to give a shout out to the amazing team who makes this show possible. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.